0: Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron. On News Talk. Before that though, this time last year we spoke to a listener, Kate, who got in touch with us here on the programme to talk about issues that she had had while working in the health service and she talked about bullying allegations and how they were dealt with. And it really kicked off a huge conversation on this programme over the two-month period. It reached all corners of the country. People rang in, emailed in their droves to tell us their stories and to share their experiences. And I want you to take a listen to some of the people that got in touch. You feel
1: in every encounter with with management, it feels like a battle and it shouldn't feel like a battle. To cross the board where I work, It's from the top down. It's everywhere. And it's toxic and it's rampant. Now, I did report it officially that I was being bullied. I never heard back. If you go to line management, you're ignored or worse. That's the most awful feeling that you have nobody there. There's nobody to support you. And I know of a number of my colleagues who have retired early because of this.
0: Some of the stories that some of the people who got in touch, as did the uh, General Secretary of the Nurses and Midwives Organisation, Phil Nier. I think a lot of nurses tolerate it and suffer as a consequence. And then there's others that leave either to a different area Uh, different part of the hospital, different hospital completely or move into something that would be sort of nursing adjacent. Um, But I I do think a a lot of nurses experience bullying. I think it's a a big problem in the sector. Yeah, one of the uh, the nurses there as well from the, the INMO. But it did become such a huge national conversation and the Health Minister Stephen Donnelly also vowed to look into it
2: we'll be we'll be engaging with the hsc in this i've i've heard some of the testimony myself uh, and i've spoken to many healthcare workers around the country over the, over um, over several years any issue of bullying or any incident of bullying is completely unacceptable um, everything uh, that needs to be done to protect our healthcare workers has to be done there must be oversight there must be very safe ways for healthcare workers to uh, to raise the, to, uh, to to raise the flag we're all aware uh, that, that in organisations of this scale, organisations with this much complexity and under this much uh, pressure, it's so important to make sure that the protections are in place, that the training is in place. Uh, That that, um, employees have the opportunity to raise the hand uh, and that the proper procedures are followed uh, if there are allegations of bullying made, that they're followed up and that we have a zero tolerance attitude uh, within the public health service as we should in every workplace Mm. uh, to bullying.
0: And these conversations went on for weeks and weeks here on Lunchtime Live and there was lots of discussion around procedure and looking at protocol and changes to how the current system works and as you know we were up before the um, period the issue was raised before the Iraqis Health Committee as well to look into how they deal with allegations of bullying. But 12 months on, we want to ask, what has changed? And if you're somebody working in the health service today in any area or sector of the, uh, the HSE, we're asking, have things changed for you? If you go to report issues, to report complaints um, and to have allegations of bullying dealt with, how has that process changed for you? You can give me a call today. You can drop me a WhatsApp. It's 87 seven fourteen hundred one oh six. 140-106. Or as always, you'll get me an email, lunchtime live at newstalk.com. Sinn Fein's Health Spokesperson David Cullen is is with me on the program. David, have things changed twelve months on?
3: Well, first of all, happy new year to you and all of your listeners, Andrea. And um, yes, I think there has been some changes and, and as you said, since your program raised the issue and many of your contributors came forward and told her story. We had a number of hearings at the Arachtas Health Committee. Obviously, the Minister for Health was alerted to many of those concerns. And, you know, there's a lot that happens in the health service. And obviously, a big focus is on the treatment of patients, but we also have to focus on on the staff as well. And we had some very emotive hearings from those who work on the frontline in healthcare and our trade union representatives in relation to bullying was part of it, but also assaults against frontline workers. In relation to bullying, there was a new uh, process and a new policy put in place in 2022 called Dignity at Work that was put in place. There was an updated uh, version of an older policy that was in place and my understanding is that throughout 2023 there was very extensive training rolled out by the HSE. I spoke to the head of the HSE, Bernard Gloucester, just before Christmas on this issue and he assured me that that training was very extensive, that there was a number of key personnel who work in the health service that were targeted for that training. And two of those positions are the uh, nominated person, who is the person who received the complaint on behalf of the HSE by somebody who believes they were bullied. And that person obviously has to take the, the complaint through the processes. So all of those nominated persons received additional training in 2023, as did what's called the support person, which is somebody who's appointed to support and work with somebody who makes a complaint. But what was, I think, additional for 2023, which I think is really important, is that all of that training in relation to dignity at work and the anti-bullying uh, practices or mm. processes and um, has now been made mandatory for the first time. And I think that's a, a step forward, because if you remember when we first raised this issue, the issue of training was one of the issues that was raised by many people, a lack of training. The fact that it's now mandatory uh, and the fact that the, the, the spotlight that was shown on the issue has resulted in that I think is a step forward a mandatory and for who,
0: a, sorry, ma- ma- mandatory for who David sorry mandatory for people appointed for into mandatory. management
3: it's no management it's uh, mandatory for all healthcare workers so there's a, a range okay. of different training modules that healthcare professionals have to go through and they've added now that issue of dignity at work and that whole policy is part of the mandatory training And listen, there is no perfect process, Andrea. So there will always be human challenges in any organisation of scale. There will always be instances of bullying. It's how an organisation responds. It's how you support the person who makes the allegation. There obviously has to be fair process as well in relation to allegations that are made. But if there is an instance of, of bullying, then the person who has been bullied has to be properly supported. The issues have to be fairly dealt with. But there also has to be accountability. Uh, And I welcome the fact that 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 mandatory training is now in place because it it certainly wasn't up to them. So I think that is uh, a welcome step forward and certainly something that Bernard Gloucester the head of the HSC took very seriously when he was before the Iraqis Health Committee and said he would review and it seems that he he has to his credit.
0: Olivia's on the show as well, David, with us because, Olivia, I think you might have got in contact with us about this previously, but like, have things changed for you and your colleagues at your end?
1: Um, There's no evidence to suggest uh, it's changed and, you know, just to reiterate what David has also said, uh HSE staff undergo an awful lot of mandatory training, an awful lot of which is um sort of insurance driven in that we have to protect ourselves against claims made upon the HSE by by patients who feel they have been incorrectly treated. But um my in my own case where I brought a grievance and it's currently at what they call stage three of the process there has been a real lack of um, authentic engagement with the process from management. So in my own instance, the person against whom I took the grievance or the complaint simply uh, said they had no recollection of the event. So then it becomes a case of my word against senior management. And obviously that leaves... um, me as a staff member in a very vulnerable position. So I don't have a lot of confidence in the in the policy and the procedure that governs the dignity at work. I I don't I don't feel the fact that it's mandatory is actually going to make any difference at all.
0: And aside from from your your, your own you know um, grievance or, or, or issue that's that's you know being dealt with at the moment or that's there, has there been any shift? Do you think overall, Olivia, culturally? Uh,
1: well, I can only speak to my own experience, and there doesn't appear to be um, a change in in the culture, and I do feel very strongly that. You know, the recent very significant increase all through 2023 in management and admin staff who have no front-facing clinical duties leads to a very um, difficult situation in that the clinical voice is increasingly absent from decision-making. And um, while clinical staff are obviously accountable for all of their actions and all of their decisions, the same doesn't appear to be true of, of senior management.
0: Okay. Um, stay with us, Olivia, if you don't mind, because I've also got uh, Aideen, Aideen Carberry, who's the, the spokesperson for SIP2's health division with us on the line as well. Aideen, I know, you, you know, you and SIP2 were at some of the, um, were at the This Committee meeting last year, but like just when you listen to Olivia's story there, how do you give confidence, you know, to your members that you represent and, and to those working in the health service? That things will change, like that. The likes of the mandatory training that David mentioned, that that will bring about change for for colleagues.
4: Well, first of all, um, I think it's important to say, Andrea, like uh, we're here in our capacity talking about um, issues that our members have raised in relation to dignity at work, the process, and both the investigations process. And at the Iraqis Committee in particular, Siptu did raise concerns around both um, how the investigations work. For example, several years ago, the HSE did establish an investigations unit that would look specifically at dignity at work complaints, but they did it without consultation with trade union partners across the health service. And um, uh, the, the union's concerns would have had an issue with the establishment of that investigation unit on the basis that there were concerns about lack of transparency, whether individuals that were conducting the investigations had the you know the necessary mm-hmm. skill set to look into some of these very serious issues. And and off the back of our engagements with the HSE, um, there was um, a review conducted of both the policy itself and the investigations unit that was published in 2020. And the parties, the HSE and trade unions concerned agreed uh, across the board in some of the recommendations that were made um in relation to that report. The the review itself was carried out by a former chairman of the Labour Court, uh, Kevin Duffy. Um, so I, I think it's safe to say it was independent in terms of what it looked at. Um, and we're still engaging with the HSE on the um the implementation of those recommendations. So say for example, one of the recommendations was that um there would be an independent panel of, of investigators that would look into these issues. Because you see what you had beforehand was managers effectively, we understand, volunteering to, um, you know, investigate these issues in terms of complaints. Um, And there was a concern whether these people had, you know, the the necessary skill set to do so, but also the time and the resources. Um, When you could have a manager who's coming from a different area to investigate an individual issue, it, it is very time consuming. And there were there were massive delays in terms of outcomes for people as well, which, and, and you can hear it in Olivia's voice there, it, mm. it takes its toll on people when an investigation takes, in some cases, several years to complete.
0: So have we so, have things improved then, AJ?
4: Well, well, we did get agreement in 2023 that those um, investigators, um, independent of the HSE, would be hired. The HSE did agree to that. Trade union partners were involved in that recruitment process. Unfortunately, they didn't fill all the posts Um, And now we're in a situation where the remainder of those posts um, remain somewhat um, up in the air because of the HSE's own uh, recruitment pause. So you have an example of, you know, a policy in one area affecting the outcome in another um, within the HSE. So it does remain to be seen as to whether it'll have the impact, um, um, you know, desired by our members, because, as I said, the, the toll it takes in terms of time frames for these things to be completed really does have a major impact on the worker concerned
0: surely then you know David cullen if like if, if if that is what's halting some of the, um, the the recruitment in certain areas like is there any has any lobbying happened or is it happening to try and get those positions filled
3: Well, I think the embargo itself that is currently in place is a mistake and was a product of the budget for for this year and last year, which I think is a disaster across the health services. I mean, we have a lot of people who are training to be healthcare professionals, many of them who leave the country. And unfortunately, we've given the green light for more of them to go because of a, a recruitment embargo that I believe was a huge mistake. And obviously issues like this, because management grades and other grades are affected as well. Um, But I just go back to the number of points here because I think there has been some improvements. But obviously, there are big issues that need to be confronted here. And that issue of culture is is huge. There's lots of cultural issues within the HSE in relation to how people are held to account. On the one hand, at a very senior level in the HSE, uh, processes in place in terms of how decisions are made in the health service, but also... As we can hear from your own program and the people who have direct experience of bullying and making complaints there's a cultural issue there as well and that has to be continuously challenged and we have to send out a very strong message from the political system that any form of bullying any form of intimidation harassment and all of the assaults that is equally really difficult for frontline healthcare staff we have to take a zero tolerance approach so there's for me there's two issues there's the process in place and you can put up the best processes in place in terms of the policy. Mm, but but if they're not, out. Support, if, if they don't work, if there's not confidence in the investigations unit, then that becomes a problem. And then there's the training. So we have seen some movements and some improvements on the training front. If there is more to be done now in relation to the policy itself, and I think it's incredible if you're going to put in place a policy called Dignity at Work, and um, that is there to support people who work in well, the health service. You have to, at the very least, engage with the workers and their trade unions. So if that didn't happen, for me, that's a mistake. And in any further review, I think healthcare trade unions need to be front and centre in terms of any of those engagements. Because for me, as I said, there's three issues. There's the training, there's the process and the policy. And then there's the culture well, and all three
0: have to be dealt with. Here here we are a year on, you know, David and, and Olivia and, uh, and Aideen. Um, and like, here we go again. Now the messages and the emails and the WhatsApps are starting to come in. And like, to give you a flavour of some of them as we're talking here at 20 plus one this afternoon, I completely agree with what Olivia is saying about things not changing. I work in a major Dublin hospital where a senior manager has been repeatedly reported as engaging in bullying behaviour. But the managers above this person are afraid of her. And also nothing has happened over the years. An online course isn't going to change that. Another email in from a listener who says I can't identify myself for fear of my wife being singled out and further bullied. Since the farcical attempt by the HSE to put an end to the bullying practices in hospitals my wife has seen nurses verbally and mentally intimidated by management in front of fellow staff members and patients. Staff who were close friends manipulate staff promotions to ensure friends move up the ladder so that they can back each other up when bullying issues are highlighted. My wife has been forced to work heavy work conditions when a doctor from within the same hospital has instructed that she be put on light duties until her injury has had the chance to heal under the threat of discipline if she didn't carry out heavy duty work which subsequently further worsened the injury multiple staff regularly end up taking time off on stress related issues due to being aggressively bullied and numerous times my wife would tell me that both male and female staff members would go home mid-shift due to not being able to handle the abuse there's now almost been full rotation out and abroad from staff from the ward that my wife works on due to the treatment management dish out to staff members like 18... I mean I can just imagine now when I go out today the email again is going to be you know people getting in touch and lots and lots of similar stories like that so how do we how do we tell these people that it is going to change
4: well I mean look I suppose there has to be an onus on the uh, the employer to to work towards some of that culture change as Deputy Cullinan pointed out but what I will say is that, um, unionized employment in general and particularly in the public health service, we would engage regularly with the employer at a national level in relation to policies and procedures. And the reality is, is that if you're a member of a union or in, you're in a unionized employment, you are far more likely to have a policy or a procedure there to to take to 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 use to your advantage if you feel you are in a scenario where you have to make a, a bullying complaint. But th- there's no point dancing around it. It is a difficult thing to do, and particularly where you have a collective uh, number of trade union members, there may be other ways in handling um, issues of, of of difficulty of that nature. Some of the ones that you've described there in your messages.
0: I work in a HSC funded organisation in the disability sector says this listener on completion of an internal staff survey they found that over one-fifth had experienced or witnessed bullying zero has changed it's rife in the sector management couldn't give one hoot about staff another listener I was bullied by my manager for years because psychiatric nurses didn't want healthcare assistance in the mental health sector it was absolutely horrible like David is there anything else that can be done now in the next 12 months?
3: But clearly there are more challenges and you can see that from all of the messages coming in. But I I suppose we have to be fair as well and point out that not every manager who works in the health service is bullying staff. There are uh, a lot of very, very good managers doing very difficult work. I listened to your uh, clip earlier and the Minister for Health was talking about the very highly pressurised work environment. And that is the case. We saw it again over the Christmas period where those on the front line especially, but also hospital managers were trying to pull out all the stops to reduce the number of patients on trolleys. So there's an awful lot more that we have to do in terms of capacity in hospitals to take pressure away from those on the front line. The embargo on recruitment, as I said, is a major mistake. The lack of funding for new measures in the health service to put capacity into hospitals is an issue. But in relation to the policy in terms of dignity at work, Of course we have to continuously review it. I would hope that there should be an evaluation based on all of the training that was done in 2023 and any feedback that came back. There has to be now a review of that policy again Uh, And as I said, if I was the Minister for Health, I would certainly want to see a full engagement with those who work in the health service, primarily through the trade union representatives. And then uh, let's look and examine at each component part to look at how can we improve it, how can we make it work best. And as I said a number of times, uh, André, it's the same in any organisation where there's a huge number of staff, it's impossible to satisfy everybody and have a perfect system you also have to have due process against those where complaints are made but where somebody is bullying somebody then i think the culture is other people who work need to have the confidence that they can step forward as well and actually say yes this is happening Uh, and myself and i've received complaints in in relation to what i have to say is a small number of managers and others and not just managers bullying can happen peer to peer as well
0: yeah,
3: yeah. Um, I, I don't want to kind of over exaggerate the problem because uh, a lot of people who work in the health service do a tremendous job and it's a difficult where job well absolutely but where people fall short and where people let themselves and everybody else down and if anybody engages in bullying and what you need are processes in, in place that can properly okay. deal with. It. So well, absolutely. Uh, there's more that can be done in relation to improvement. Yeah.
0: Of, of well, I, I I did say that we, uh, you know, we, we certainly hadn't hadn't for, forgotten about the issue at all, and and it was something that um started here in the program exactly this time last year, just from a, a listener's email. That email, as always, is lunchtime live at newstalk.com If you want to get in touch about that or anything else, any other issue you want to raise with us here in the show, uh, for the moment, Sinn Fein's health spokesperson David Cullenan, also to. Olivia, a listener who got in touch with us there and um, SIP2's health divisional organiser, Aideen Carberry. Thank you for uh, for joining us today. Um, as a medical, a senior medicin- medical consultant, says this texter, I can categorically say that management in the HSE is totally dysfunctional. I personally need to take action and it ultimately cost the Irish taxpayer millions. Some managers harass and bully staff of all grades and it hasn't changed. A few courses, a total waste of time. David just mentioned accountability. Hilarious, says this text Another listener, I used to work as a junior doctor in the A&E in one of the HSE's hospitals. I experienced bullying while on duty last year. I proceeded with a complaint, waited for corrections for what happened. It took about six months of negotiations with emails when I felt the investigation process wasn't going anywhere. I left that hospital, eventually left the HSE because of the incident and any minor incident that I thought would be a pointless effort to report since the main incident was never addressed. Unfortunately, the current practice does need to be improved," says this texter. That one oh six. That is the WhatsApp number. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan, weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.